you have a question about your home? Call Ken the Contractor. But what makes a shingle a 40-year shingle, say, as opposed to a 20-year shingle? Let's say one of the obvious elements will be the thickness of the shingle, the thickness of the wearing surface as well. If you compare, if you put them side by side, a basic three-tab shingle that may have a 25-year warranty on it, and you're looking at a 40-year shingle, you're going to find the thickness. Now, also, if you read the technical side of the technical bulletins or information that's on the, the manufacturer's data sheets, you're going to find that the weight of them increased tremendously as you go up in number of years for warranty. Do you have a question about your home inside or out? Call Ken the Contractor. Hi, everybody, and welcome to another edition of Ken the Contractor. Ken Patterson is Ken the Contractor. He's here to take your calls. Phone lines are open if you'd like to join us. The number to dial, 800-614-2975. That's 800-614-2975. And this may be a somewhat inauspicious start to our program this week. We're pleased to have Ron Doyle, our tech guru, with us. But first, we had to plug the headphones in, did we, Ron? Yes, we did. Yes, and now right. he's with us. That's right. Otherwise, you really wouldn't second. believe us. That's right. So I thought I'd lost my hearing over the weekend. Yeah, yeah, I would have been really concerned if the tech guru couldn't hear the show. But we're okay now. Yeah, he's managed to untangle the cords just like me. So I think we're good for the show. You got a nod in that? I don't I'm know if set. you can hear with that. I am set. Anyway, you know, tis the season. And because it is the season, we're going to open today not just talking about some of the technical things that we like to buy for ourselves, our spouses, our children, or more importantly, maybe have them deliver some of those to us. We're going to talk a little bit about some of the things that are out there that you can buy for your home. Hence, our tech guru, he has spent countless hours over the last number of days just scouring merchants and the Internet to tell you a little more about what's available for your home. We talk about this from time to time, but Ron, bring us up to speed on some of the things, the hot ticket items people are looking at this season that will help them around their home involving technology. We know a couple of neat things they've got out there. Uh, One that we've all had for quite a while is the uh, little thing that hangs around your neck. And if an elderly person falls down or something, they can hit the button, call for help. Uh, works very well. It's been around for quite a while. The only thing is, I was wondering, I've got a uh, my mother. She's uh, older. She's 98. And she gets around pretty good. And about a year or so ago, she fell down and didn't use the thing hanging around her neck. Didn't want to and, bother anybody, yeah, did didn't she? Want, that yeah. was exactly it. I've heard that one. And I've, I've uh, in some of my researching this uh, information, that's a standard. The older people don't want to bother anybody. So they say there's some uh, people that have fallen down, broken a hip or a leg or a wrist, and just laid there until the next day when they knew their son or daughter or whoever was coming over to look at them and check them out because they didn't want to bother anybody. They just laid on the floor all the time. So they said one of the things with all these devices is, of course, they try to make it easier because older folks have not have been in the uh, technology business as long as the rest of the world has. It's a little younger than that. And uh, so they try to make them easy to use, which the button is easy. But they say that, and also they feel like they don't really need them. Uh, the the younger folks, the sons, daughters, relatives will get these devices for them, and they'll hang them on their walker and not have them with them when they're somewhere or leave them laying on the kitchen counter or something well, you know, like you, that. Well, you brought that up, and that's exactly what happened to my mom and has one of these particular devices but didn't carry it with her mm-hmm. and you've really got to integrate the folks you know and i think i think this is one of the big areas 
with these technologies is for many of us, and I think all of us personally are dealing with this, and I'm sure a lot of our listeners are, and that is you're a remote caregiver to a certain degree. And every once in a while you want to check in on something, make sure something is done. And I know, Ron, now particularly, um, once you get that computer introduced into the house, doesn't it open up a gateway to a bunch of stuff that you can, in most cases, set up and then be able to check on mom and dad and something else at all sorts of times? Both audio and video. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, there's a there's a neat program out there called iSpy Connect. And what that does, it's free. Uh, you can hook it up to any of your little webcams, put them around the house with grandma or whoever, and uh, you can watch room to room, see what's going on. It's full sound. You can record. You can just watch it when you need to, check on occasionally. Uh, this site, I thought it was kind of interesting, though. It didn't really start out for that purpose. It actually started out originally the guy was trying to prove that either ghosts or UFOs were real. I mean, it sounds like something yes. the CIA would be And he got this, so. this set up, this program for the motion sensing cameras and all that stuff on your computer. So uh, the software is free. Of course, you do have to have the uh, webcams and stuff hooked up to do that. Uh, it's nice, too, because they're all Bluetooth. You don't have to have wires running all over your house if you don't have it already. And usually, I know in my mom's house, there's not any wires other than the old electrical cable that was put in there, you know, six, 60 years ago. So uh, that's kind of neat, too. But that's called uh, iSpy Connect, neat little uh, piece of software. All right, let me expand on that or ask you a little <coughs> bit uh, about that. In addition to the audio and video, can that remote element, that home automation or access be uh, applied to this as well? If you're trying to assist or monitor other relatives wherever they live, it, it may be turning the heat off and on, changing the temperature, doing some fairly basic things. Well, you know, not only with that, but uh, that's another big seller for older folks is uh, they now have IP thermostats, Internet Protocol thermostats. So you could well, temperature is one of the big things you could check on them. And uh, if it's cold or, you know, something like that, or as my mother has done, the older she gets, She'll get cold and cut the temperature up to 92 and, you know, <laughs> yeah. sit there in the heat. I don't <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's like cooking. Right. <laughs> I, right. I've run into that continually at my parents' oh, house. Yeah. You know, it's 42 degrees on Thanksgiving Day outdoors, and everybody is running around in shorts and T-shirts inside because literally I came down one time, and they had the temperature at 87 degrees. Oh, yeah. So this is a standard thing, too. So with these IP thermostats, that gives you the ability to log in with your computer even if you're in another country, doesn't matter as long as you can get on the internet and you can take care of fixing the temperature, che- checking the temperature in the house through these thermostats. So that's pretty neat. Uh, and there's lots of them out there. We won't mention any specific brands, but there are a lot of them. If you go looking, you will find, uh, bunches of them in each one of your stores that you'd go in and look for these items. What else you have in your bag of uh, goodies today? Well, another neat one that I thought was kind of neat. Now these are running up there kind of expensive. They've just come out on the market in the last year or so. They have a, an attachment for a refrigerator, or you can actually get a refrigerator with built-in that through Bluetooth again, you log into the computer, you can check grandma's refrigerator. Uh, it tells you when food's getting low. It tells you when she's running out of milk. The eggs are going low. And uh, it all does it. And I don't really know how that works. I was trying to think, well, does it know about weight? You, uh, does it scan each egg as you pull it out and count down? Uh, no, but apparently it just figures out the mass of the refrigerator, uh, what's inside of it, and when it starts getting low, it'll start picking up that's saying, hey, you're running out of stuff. So uh, I thought that was kind of a neat one, but they're, they're pretty expensive. But uh, they're still there, and a lot of people are getting them. Um, the other one is 
like we were talking about before, not only with the little button that hangs around your neck, but if you personally don't want to keep up with the older folks, you can get companies that will also watch them on camera, uh, monitor their, I mean, with the technology we've got today, they can hook up, like, uh, if you have a heart problem, a heart surgery, and they want to test your rate and your blood pressure and all that, the hospitals today can strap on a device that will measure everything for them and beam it back to the hospital. Well, kind of the same sort of thing. You could keep check on uh, the elderly's blood pressure, their heart rate, uh, their temperature, anything else you want to know. And if something starts failing, these companies can check it, and they will automatically call the police or rescue squad or whoever they need to. Ron will be with us throughout the course of the show. So if you do have a question and would like to join us, you can dial our contact number. It's 800-614-2975. And if you want more information, you can go to our website, kenthecontractor.com, and right on the front page, you can click on Ron's link, and that is ronthetechguru.com. Take a quick break and back with more. You're listening to Ken the Contractor. Welcome back. Ken the Contractor is here today. Not only Ken the Contractor, but Ron the Tech Guru. Ron Doyle is here today. And we're talking about all sorts of different technologies. We're going to talk about one of the, the big changes as we go into this holiday season is the emerging popularity of tablets. We'll talk about that and also some different companies that Ron alluded to in his comments a little bit earlier about companies who will do some monitoring for your older family members if that's what you're looking for. But let's go to the emails because we've seen a rash of emails over the course of the last couple of weeks. We want to get to some of those. Remember, there's different ways you can participate in the show. You can call us at 800-614-2975. That's 800-614-2975. Or you can send your emails to kenthecontractor.com. We've got one from Larry in New York. Yeah, we do, and it's obvious that as it gets colder, many of you are moving indoors, starting to think about some of those home maintenance items, or maybe you're just getting ready for the holidays. Larry has a question that I felt many of you need to know about, especially given some recent changes uh, nationally as far as the law goes. He says, what's the safest way to remove lead paint from an old two-story house? Cost matters. I need to do the work myself if I can. I'm glad you asked this question, Larry. We've talked about it a little bit on the show before. I do have several answers on our website. So for those of you that may have a little different circumstance or situation, be sure and go to KenTheContractor.com and check it out. But the bottom line to this is that, uh, Larry, in April of 2010, the EPA issued a rule requiring the use of said uh, lead-safe practices and other actions aimed at preventing lead poisoning. Now, this was indeed a nationwide law change. Under that rule, beginning in 2010, contractors performing renovation. This is the key word, licensed contractors performing renovations, repair, and painting projects that disturb lead-based paint in homes, child care facilities, and schools built after 1978 must be certified and must follow specific work practices to prevent lead contamination. Now, again, I'm going to go back to the key word that's there, contractors. They did make a distinction between licensed professional painters and contractors dealing with lead-based paint and homeowners. Now, information for homeowners is slightly different. Uh, if you're a homeowner perform, performing renovation, repair, or painting work in your own home, 
not for someone else for a fee, but in your own home. The EPA and RRP rules does not cover your project. So for many of you, and Larry, in your case, what this is saying is you can do it yourself. However, you know, you have the ultimate responsibility for the safety of your family, the children, for people that are in and out your house. Because Just because they've said we can do this ourselves as a homeowner does not relieve us of liability issues. It just saves you from having to hire a contractor if you're skilled and willing to do this yourself following the proper safety standards. I'm not going to roll through all of these because it will take quite some time. What I am going to do is suggest that you and others visit the EPA website, which is epa.gov. Slash L E A D. That's EPA.gov forward slash L E A D. That will give you all of the rules, the regulations, and the practices for an individual removing or dealing with lead based paint in your own home. Now, for those of you not looking to remove, saying I'm in an older home prior to 78 uh, and I just want to paint, that's a non issue. As long as you're not disturbing the paint, you can encapsulate it, you can cover it. It really is not an environmental problem for you in that regard. But, again, go to epa.gov forward slash LEAD for more information. And we can be pretty much guaranteed that any of the paint products we buy today, all this stuff has been taken out. Anything that's on the market for homeowner use, you're not going to find this. There are still some industrial paints that may be used on ships and things. that are very specialized product that takes special training and certifications, that will still have some products in it that's not suitable for individual homeowner use. But you're not going to find this stuff at the hardware store. You're not store. going to find it at the hardware store, at the paint store, and almost everything today, as we've talked about in the past, will be a water-based paint. We've even moved away, we've moved away from the oil-based products as well, for the most part. All right. We've got a, another one from uh, the website. Again, you can post your questions at KenTheContractor.com. Uh, this comes to us from Noel. Isn't that nice for the holiday season? Very seasonal. Yes, in uh, Western Maryland, Hagerstown, Maryland. We have a ceiling with a textured finish in our bathroom. During our showers, condensation forms on the around the exhaust fan. When my husband tosses the towel up there to dry it so that it doesn't drip, some of the ceiling paint has come off in little flakes. How do we repair this? Much of the paint around the fan is now gone. Well, you've got two items in there, Noel, we're going to talk about. One, as you're telling me in the beginning of this, that you have a textured ceiling. Secondly, you go back and you say, then how do I repair the paint? So I'm going to make some assumptions. One, that you have what many people refer to as an Aristex or a popcorn or an applied or sprayed texture finish to the ceiling as opposed to a smooth coat product. And with that in mind, the materials that are there are simply sprayed onto the drywall once it has been finished in place. And it adheres itself. There's no glue. There's no special product that goes on behind it. So moisture will cause it to release. Today, many builders are not using this in a wet environment for just that reason. Now, they learned this many years ago. So this home is more than a few years old. But it is repairable. There are products that are available in spray cans at most lumber yards today. But if you go and buy spray texture product, you need to be sure that you're matching as closely as possible what you have on that ceiling. Maybe you want to take a photograph with you if your memory's not great. Mine certainly isn't because they will come in light, medium, and heavy texture. And they're very easy to apply. You want to remove the loose material that's surrounding the area that's already exposed, scrape that down or peel it back, be sure the area is dry, and then apply it. Follow the instructions on the spray can. But this is an upright can. It's made to spray that way. It's a little bit like a whipped cream can, only the whipped cream can is designed to turn down. This is designed to discharge in an upright or vertical position. 
and follow the directions in terms of the distance you need to stay from the ceiling and apply this. I always suggest, as we talked about on our show last week, that anytime you're applying a stain, a paint, a finish, that you go somewhere else in the house, you sample that in an area where it's not visible, get a feel for how to use it so that you end up with a, a decent job when it's all said and done. And you don't just start out and you have a big mess somewhere. Also, since you said this is around a fan, you want to be sure and remove the fan cover before you start spraying this. Be sure the power is off to the fan. And you want to cover that area with a piece of plastic, tape it in place so you're not spraying this material inside the fan, the fan motor, or the vent itself because it will gunk it up. And then you've created another work problem. It is repairable. Hardware store, big box store, you're going to be able to find the spray texture that typically will match most finishes that have been used in the last 20 to 40 years. While we're talking about touching up in a bathroom, I know one of the things that really has changed in the last couple of years has been paint specifically designed to use in areas like this where you have to deal with condensation. Let me deal with this something else. There's even uh, a paint, I believe, that will help dissipate odors. That's correct. Now, I can't tell you that I have firsthand experience with that because I don't. It's fairly new in the marketplace, and we're not talking about a low VOC where there's no paint odor when you apply it, but we're talking about a paint that helps get rid of odors that are created in rooms. And, again, I have no personal experience with it. I know it's in the marketplace, not unlike paints that are out there that actually allow your children to mark on the wall if that's what you allow them to do. Right. And you simply wipe it off. There's so many products that are available today that goes beyond the basic paint products. So if you have a unique or special need in your home, when you go to your paint store, ask them about this. Tell them about what your needs are and say, what do you have? Do some research on it. Many of these are new enough that they are advertised to do some things that I can't promise you they do. So I wouldn't suggest you go in and paint a room and tell the kids, here's a magic marker, have at it. You might be in trouble. Ken Patterson is Ken the Contractor. You can reach him at 800-614-2975. That's 800-614-2975. And also post questions at his website. That's KenTheContractor.com. Welcome back. Phone lines are open if you'd like to join us. The number to dial is 1-800-614-2975. That's 1-800-614-2975. We're going to go to the phone lines right now. Let's head to Reading, Pennsylvania, and Roland joins us. Hi, Roland. You're on the air with Ken the Contractor. Yes, how are you? Hi, Roland. Thanks for the call. Good to hear from you today. How can we help you? I heard heard uh, this on the radio on your program about the heat shield. Okay. And I was wondering uh, where I could get some information on it and where it might be available in uh, around Reading, Pennsylvania. All right, see if I can help you out. And first, for those of you listening that did not hear that particular segment, we're talking about uh, an e-shield. Some refer to it as a heat shield. And this is an insulation or an actual a heat barrier that's applied inside the attic space. It's applied to the bottom side of the top cord of the trusses. Most of us understand attic insulation as being what we place that's horizontal just above our ceiling. But this is installed in a different location. And in this particular case, uh, there are, are companies throughout at least the East Coast that are installing this product. 
and rolling in your area for eShield, I, I am, I'm going to give you a couple of recommendations. One is PJ Fitzpatrick, uh, Inc., uh, and the Energy Group, and they service the Reading area, Philadelphia, and many other areas in Pennsylvania and throughout Maryland and some of the other surrounding states. For those of you that have further interest in this, you can either contact me through the website, kenthecontractor.com, or give us a call here on the show, and we'll talk a little more about it and see if we can find you some help. But this particular product that we discussed a, a week or so ago is one that has a proven track record of substantially reducing your energy cost. It's creating more a more pleasant atmosphere within the attic space. It was developed by NASA some time ago, and if you've ever seen pictures of some of the, the rover and other uh, devices and equipment that lands on the moon and just some of the spaceships that we've had out there over the years, it looks like aluminum foil that's really a heat shield. That's really what this looks like to most people is a sheet of aluminum foil, extremely thin, but it does a fantastic job. And if, if it can protect equipment and humans in space, you can imagine that it probably does a pretty decent job here on Earth. So, Roland, I hope that helps you out. Again, well, what was the name of that? Okay, it's, it's P.J. Fitzpatrick. 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 And I'll post this on my website for you, so if you don't have time to jot it all down, go to KenTheContractor.com. Well, I don't I don't have a computer. Okay, so. in that case, it's P.J., initials P.J. Fitzpatrick. Right. And the other company is the Energy Group. Any any addresses or phone number? Uh, no, I don't have that information to give out on the air here. But if you look them up or go to the, uh, I'm sure the phone people can help you out, and uh, you'll be able to track them down. You're probably going to find them in the yellow pages in your area because they do service the Reading area. Okay. We, okay. Thank you very much. Thanks for calling. We appreciate you listening. All right. Bye. If you'd like to join us and you have a question, like Roland, you can join us at 800-614-2975. That's 800-614-2975. Or post your questions uh, through our website, which is kenthecontractor.com. Well, those are the different ways you can reach us on the program. We mentioned that Ron Doyle, our tech guru, is with us today. And, Ron, you mentioned something very interesting uh, a little bit earlier in the program, and that is the emerging popularity of tablets. I'm seeing it in a lot of cases, but there's a particular group that really seems to be taking to the tablet. Absolutely. Uh, I was uh, giving a talk one day to a group of uh, older folks, and a couple of them told me that their spouses were unable to use a computer, too complicated. They couldn't handle the mouse, the typing, all that kind of stuff. So they bought them a, a tablet PC, and it cleared everything up. A couple of them did that. And now they're on there surfing the Internet, doing their emails and all that kind of thing. The keyboard apparently is easier to operate. Uh, if you don't have a lot of uh, pressure in your hands, you can just barely touch the keyboard on a tablet PC. They can look at pictures. They were going on talking about how they uh, went on Facebook and found their grandkids' pictures and all that kind of stuff and the thing they were doing uh, with that. So the tablet is kind of a neat idea that I don't think anybody specifically thought of older folks being able to use. But uh, the, apparently with this one lady that I was talking to her husband, uh, her arthritis is so bad she can't hardly do anything with her hands, but she could use the tablet because it just takes a light touch. It's just a touch screen. Right on the glass, yep. yeah. And that's what does it. So they could move around, they could type, look at things. Kind of interesting on that, too. You know, I found a couple other facts, too, uh, not relating directly to the tablet, but about these uh, elderly folks we talk about. Uh, guess who's joining Facebook now faster than any other age group? Let me make it multiple choice. Uh, 30 to 40s, uh, 50s to 60s, or 60s to 70s? Well, I'm not answering that because I've already heard oh, the answer. Okay. That's not fair. 
How I about you, guessed, Mr. Brett? I would have guessed it incorrectly. Okay. I, I would have guessed it incorrectly, but as you mentioned, it, it's the older folks are becoming a yeah. dominant element as far as almost all of our groups out this, there because of the huge number of folks who are falling into this category. Yeah. They said that, uh, well, first of all, that's one of the things that uh, people turning 60, 65 now are the leading edge of the baby boomers. So uh, they're all kind of bringing computer stuff with them from work if they were in and all that kind of stuff. But uh, people over 65 years of age are joining Facebook faster than any other age group. Another one that I thought was kind of interesting, um, guess what the fasting-growing demographic group is for the site Match.com, the dating site? Dun, dun, dun. Well, I heard that one in, in the earlier years, but I bet okay. you're going to surprise us. It's the 50s. The 50 to 60 age group is the fastest growing number there. So uh, that's just amazing. And it says 60% of all the baby boomers, which are about, now think of this, 47 million people. That's a big economic area if you can create things for them. They're some of the main uh, users of blogs, forums, podcasts, and all that online. And the other thing, too, you mentioned this a bit earlier. There are companies that you've found, we were talking about remote care, providing uh, care from a remote location for folks. Correct. And you've actually found companies that will step in and do this. There are uh, three companies that I've found that have good reputations in the market. I have not used any of these, but one of them is called HealthSense, HealthSense.com. The other is iReminder.com. And the last is LifelineSys.com, and that's uh, LifelineSYS.com. And they seem fairly similar from what I could read on them and find out online about them. Uh, again, we get into issues here, though, because you're paying somebody up to uh, a couple hundred bucks a month to monitor the care. Plus, it said some of them can cost you from eight to 10000 to put them into your home. Wow, so those so are for some deep pocket they're folks. They're for, for folks with some really deep pockets. But, but it gives 24-7 humans watching over your parents or grandparents, whoever it may be. It just depends on what you're looking for. But the technology is there for all of us at any level to be able to do something for very few dollars. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. If you would like to get more information on this, as we mentioned, you can access Ron's a website through KenTheContractor.com. You'll find it right on the front page, Ron Doyle, RonTheTechGuru.com is where you will find information. And as always, we do uh, tell you that you can go to the website and look for all sorts of information, all sorts of home improvement information for questions about your home inside or out, electrical, insulation, decking, energy efficiency, accessible living, heating, cooling, painting, leaks. It's all right there on on the web at KenTheContractor.com. And while you're there, you can click on and hear podcasts of recent programs or follow up more on specific things that you heard us talking about on the radio. And while you're there, you can also post your questions at KenTheContractor.com. You can leave an email or you can leave a voicemail if you'd like to. Again, our contact number is 800-614-2975. And don't forget, you can friend us on Facebook at KenTheContractor and follow us on Twitter at KenAnswers. We'll take a quick break and come right back. You're listening to Ken the Contractor. Ken the Contractor is on the air. Ken Patterson is Ken the Contractor. He has designed and built multi-million dollar commercial and industrial projects as well as single family homes up and down the East Coast. Now he's here to help you answer questions about your home inside or out. You can reach us at 800-614-2975. That's 800-614-2975. 
800-242-2975. And Betty joins us right now. Hi, Betty. You're on the air with Ken the Contractor. Thank you. My kitchen faucet, when I turn it on, it doesn't any water come out. But if I turn it off and turn it back on, it comes on. Now, is that something to be concerned about or what could be wrong? Well, clearly it isn't normal, and I have to say you have a problem somewhere in the system. Let's talk about it for just a moment. Is this the hot or the cold water side? It's both. Okay. Then is it the it, consistently, if you turn the faucet on, you get nothing. You turn it off and immediately turn it back on, hot or cold, water comes out. Yes. And how long has this uh, been About occurring? a month. Okay. You've, how old is your house? Uh, 1969 or something like okay. that. Okay. So a few years old. And are you on domestic water, or are you meaning you've got municipal water from a city or county, or are you yes. on a well or cistern? No, we're on the county. Okay. Several things that could be at issue here. One is the faucet itself. And so I want to ask a follow-up question before I go on into the plumbing system. Do you have this occurrence with any other faucets in the house? Is it only, no. only your kitchen sink? Right. Okay. And do you have a hand sprayer on that? Yes. Okay. The kitchen faucets have a diverter valve in them. So if you've got a hand sprayer, when you pick that up, does water come out through the hand sprayer all the time? I don't hardly use it, so I don't know. Okay. Chances are pretty good that the diverter valve inside that faucet has gone bad because when you pick up the hand sprayer and you push the handle on that, it it does anything from totally stopping the water flow through the faucet to maybe leave it to just a trickle, depending on the brand or the style that you have. No. Huh? As soon as I turn it off and back on, it comes out just like normal. Okay. But I'm saying this is something you can't see within the faucet. It, it would sound to me first like you have a bad kitchen sink faucet that's what i'm telling because if you're saying you have a hand spray uh if you did not have a hand spray then I'd, I'd put you in another direction but the fact that you have a hand sprayer tells me that there's an issue with that diverter valve that it's not functioning properly and that as you equalize pressure you may turn the water on you get nothing you turn it off and back on again it's nothing more than a pressure equalizing device but you don't have problems with your bathroom faucets or with your uh, no. with your water hose connections. If you did, then I would steer you in the direction of a backflow device, a pressure-reducing device, uh, something along those lines in the system. But this is not a system-wide problem. So I believe your issue is going to be with the kitchen faucet itself, with the diverter valve that's inside that. And that may mean that you just need to replace that device, the whole thing. The whole faucet, yeah. Well, right. it's it hadn't been, I don't know, maybe five or six years we put a new one on there. Okay, well, But I guess that could be it then. That's I, what it sounds like. I, I want to tell you this. It's not always about the age or the cost of the unit. I have purchased a unit that was very high-end that cost several hundred dollars that within a few months the diverter valve had gone bad inside this unit, made all kinds of racket and noise. It did not divert the water like it should. So you cannot always rely on a particular name, the cost of something. If it has a functional component, just like electronics, it's going to fail. It's going to break at some point. You'd like to think it's well after at least the warranty period uh, or, you know, many years into the usage. 
but you can't always assume just because it's relatively new that that's not the problem. I'm reasonably satisfied that your issue is in that kitchen faucet, probably related to your diverter valve. If you've got a plumber contractor friend, somebody that won't charge you a bunch, they may come over and say, I can replace it if it's the type unit that it's accessible. Some are built in and are not where they can be maintained, where you can pull it out and replace it. Others are. So, again, if you have somebody that you're not going to have to pay a service call on that knows something about it, you might want to just look at that. Oh, okay. But I think that will solve your problem. Well, thank you so much, and I'm so glad we have somebody with your knowledge to call and talk to. Thank you. We appreciate your call. Thank you. Thank you, Betty, and thank you for the kind comments. Our phone lines are open at 800-614-2975. That's 800-614-2975. All right, let's go to uh, an email question from com. Linda deals with some issues that relate to renters. Yeah, and she says, we decided not to sell our former home when we couldn't get a reasonable price. Many of you may be in that situation out there. Instead, we decided to rent it. It's not been a good experience, though. Unfortunately, I'm sorry to hear that. But it says, it's not been a good experience. The damage done by our first renter is going to cost a lot of money to fix. We used a standard rental agreement we found on the Internet, and we are keeping the damage deposit, but it won't cover the cost of repairs, and there is little hope of recovering our losses. How do people avoid these problems? She says, we can't afford to keep losing money. Now, most of us are in that situation. If you find that you have the ability to rent a piece of property, and properties are renting at a pretty good price today because people have to live somewhere. That's always one thing you keep in mind. If you've got a property available and you can't sell it or you choose not to take the loss, you may consider putting it in a rental pool if you are financially capable of handling the exposure. One is that you don't have a renter and you may have a mortgage payment to continue making. But two is Linda's situation. You put a renter in there and they trash the place. Now you may have only received three or four thousand dollars in rent, but you've got six thousand dollars in damage. That's the wrong way to go, folks. First, I'm going to suggest to Linda and to others that you properly screen. If you're doing the leasing or renting yourself, that you screen these individuals yourself first. You ask for personal references. You also want to go beyond personal references. You want to have a list of people they have recently rented from over the last two, three, four, five years. You want to call those landlords. If you don't call them, shame on you. You want to call those landlords and see what kind of a renter they were. Did they pay their rent on time? Did they trash the place? Did they respect the property? You want to know this. The other thing that's becoming so common today, and you can purchase this through online services, and you can do it on an individual basis or a contract basis, you want to obtain, one, a criminal background check, and two, a financial background check. These companies are out there for the individual, not just banks and big business today. If you follow up and you do all of those items, chances are certainly good. It's in your favor that you're going to put someone in that home that will respect the property, that will pay the rent on time, that will honor your lease agreement. A lease agreement's only a piece of paper, folks. Whether you, you secure it on the Internet or you have an attorney prepare it, if the people are going to walk, if they're going to tear your property up, they're going to do it anyway. You have recourse, obviously, through the courts and the legal system wherever you live, but that piece of paper does not mean that they're going to maintain your property. So do your homework before you put a renter in there. Do the things that I have suggested, not only for Linda, but the rest of you, and you'll find that you have a little better experience in renting your home or your rental property. Well, you know, it is interesting. We only get a couple seconds here, but I know you do have a lot of folks who are putting these properties up because they can't turn them over. They That's can't right. sell them. 
And that's not a bad decision if you understand the downside of this, but go into it with your eyes wide open and be sure you have the financial wherewithal to weather this. How about some of those management companies out there that take some of the headache out? They obviously get a piece of the pie, too. Yeah, they do. And you may find companies at anywhere from 5 to 10% of what you're renting for, but they deal with these things. They'll qualify them. In some cases, if they're charging you enough, they'll defend in court. They'll prosecute. They'll do whatever they need to, but they won't repair the damage. So, again, ask all of the questions. There are many options out there. But do yourself a favor and do your homework before you put somebody in your home. Do you have a question about your home, inside or out? Can the contractor can help? A house is what you build. A home is what you make it. Our contact number is 800-614-2975. That's 800-614-2975. You're listening to Can the Contractor.